Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline. We've got NFL action. We got baseball playoffs. We got Alex Rodriguez. Cats and dogs playing together. No time to waste. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. Well, I mean, the place that we'll start certainly will be with the National Football League, and I am, I am so thrilled now that we have gotten into this lovely routine where we wrap up, get up. This was exactly my vision, and I'm able to keep some of my friends on to talk here about the football and everything else. Jeff Saturday and Dominique here in studio with a Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Thank you, as always, fellas. Happy to be here. All right, let, let's, let me run through a couple of topics. Let's start with last night's game quickly. Were we When we think about the teams in the AFC, mm-hmm. that we could see being in L.A. at the very end of the season, which is to say the Super Bowl will be at SoFi Stadium. Did we see one of them last night, and is that team the L.A. Chargers? Uh, absolutely. I think that the question marks about the Chargers is always how healthy is Derwin James going to be because I think yes. that makes them a Super Bowl contender with him out there because they can go toe-to-toe with anybody, with anyone's offense, because of his versatility. The next question, is uh, Herbert going to take a step and continue to improve? And the final question is, will Brandon Staley, in a first-year head coach, be able to adapt and grow? It seems like the answer so far to all those questions is yes. So I don't see any reason why they can't be competitive in a one-game tournament at the end of the year. They could beat anybody. Yeah, I mean, they just beat the Chiefs, right? I mean, the week before. So when when you think about what they've done uh, in this season and you you are watching Justin Herbert, think about the the game plan they went in with. I can assure you it was not, we're going to exploit the tight ends and running backs and go 16 of 18 for three touchdowns. They go in thinking Mike Williams and Keenan Allen like everybody else. The ability to pivot for a young quarterback and get off his, quote, guys in big play offense and take what the defense is giving you shows you the maturity that he's or the maturation that he's already exemplifying and and when I tell you how important that is we talk about the game being fast especially from a player's perspective man it feels like it's going 100 miles an hour things are happening that he can slow the game down like that and find the, the 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 player who's truly open and not fall in love with one or two particular players just shows you what he's all about and by the way that opens up the run game which just gives them a whole different dynamic offensively Slater that, yes, yes. We, Thank we, you. We've been talking about this team all day, all morning, talking about how good Derwin James is and Joey Bosa and, and how good Herbert is and all their weapons. But what Rashawn Slater has done for that offense has been exceptional. Yep. Like, he is a reliable future all-pro all left tackle, and it's making Justin Herbert's life yes. a lot easier. You think Lindsley about him. Lindsley as well. They're yeah. saying, absolutely. You think These about guys. the type of pass rushers that they've gone up against and – Justin Herbert feels comfortable. He, when you see him in the pocket, particularly in the red zone, I see Justin Herbert manipulating the defense with his eyes, being decisive, getting rid of the ball on time, and standing in the pocket. That's very hard to do when you don't feel confident That's or right. comfortable that you're going to be safe. Yeah. And the way that the, the Raiders have been rushing the passer, I don't know how you can feel comfortable and confident unless you have some guys like they have up front yeah, being I was led like, by Slayer. That's a great point. I was about to say, they're going against a terror. The Raiders' defensive line with Crosby <laughs> And Nas, I mean, like they have been getting after people, and and the 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 calmness that he showed, and and being able to sit in the pocket and feel comfortable. Give Tom Telesco a ton of credit. We gave the Chiefs and Veach a ton of credit, the general manager for the Kansas City Chiefs, about rebuilding their offensive line. 
Tom Telesco has done the same thing and doing it through the draft with Slater, like you just said, and bringing over Lindsley from the Green Bay Packers. All of those additions and leadership make big differences for offensive play, and it's showing in Herbert. Can someone look up where Rashawn Slater went to college? <laughs> oh, don't bother. He went to Northwest, the Northwestern, the, the Northwestern the. University. We had two first-round picks. Greg Newsom also playing great right now yeah. in Cleveland. But I want to go back to Herbert on something. Because I just wrote down three teams that had the opportunity to draft him and for various reasons didn't. Mm -hmm. The Washington football team didn't take him. They took Chase Young. And look, Chase Young looks like he might be a superstar. Their defense has been a colossal disappointment this year. But let's not even make this as much a Chase Young thing as a... How differently would we think of the Washington football team right now if they had this guy? Yeah, I mean, it's the quarterback's league. Like, we changed all the rules. We set it up so that if you add a quarterback, that multiplies your team's success by much more than any single player. So, yes, if you draft a defensive tackle, he could be – or defensive end, he could be the second coming of Lawrence Taylor. It's unlikely that he's going to have the impact of an above-average quarterback. The one thing that I had hopes for that team was they could build something similar to what the Broncos did when they got Von Miller on that rookie contract, they could build a dominant defense and an okay offense. They have the talent to do it, but they're not doing it. Now the and, 49ers, and, you know, even just yeah. two years ago, the same exact situation. Yeah, and here's the this is the risk that you play when you don't take the quarterback when he's there. Is it's not just now, right? Then they bring Fitzpatrick in, right? He gets right. injured. You can't you can't plan for that. But now they're going to have to draft this year. If they're looking for a QB, probably not there, right? right. So now you're a year later. So as good as that defensive player was that you bring, when yeah. you miss – when we, we talk about it all the time when you hit on QBs, but when you miss on QBs and stall, it really hurts your organization for years. Well, uh, let's make this then Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. The Dolphins took Tua, one pick ahead of him. Right. How does that look now? I mean, it looks awful, <laughs> honestly. I mean, Tua, you can point to the injuries, but even a healthy Tua, I don't imagine – him at his best. And injuries playing. were part of yeah. the question yeah, mark with right. him coming in in the first place. Right, but uh, to be fair, none of us, nobody, I think maybe Tannenbaum was the only person. Mike Tannenbaum, the, Rex Ryan, there were people who were singing the praises of Herbert. They were singing in. the praises of Herbert. Sing, it's, so is, it's not like he came out of nowhere. It he did, was the next though. pick. It did, though. It, it, we were talking about Tua as Tua was in this Andrew Luck class, but he just needs to get his hip healthy. Like, these guys, and I believe that Rex, and I believe that... Uh, Mike really felt strongly about this, but it's different than going against the grain and actually making that draft pick. Who who had the heart to actually go out there and make that draft pick? And, and, and let's let's not miss the point of the, the the style of quarterback play has changed over the past five plus years. Right. So when you're looking at Tua and you're looking at, at Herbert at right. the time, if one is quote going to give you more of a dual threat or the capability of being that player who can move out of the pocket and buy more time, that was not the quote. You know, that's not how you were talking about Herbert, right? You were talking about more of a pocket passer, an established passer, and it fit. That that's Tom Telesco, right? He was with us in Indianapolis with Peyton Manning. So it's all about what you're comfortable. with with and yeah. with Flores and being able to move the pocket around and do those and Herbert, things. I mean, Herbert's a better athlete than Tua. So, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but I'm saying well, you, you you weren't going in thinking Herbert's going to be a zone read. He's oh, not yeah. going to be, you know what I mean? When you're talking about Tua and the type of offense you were trying to put in with all the speed they had in Miami, that I think part of that went in that way as Straight well. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromises. I watch Justin Herbert. He's not not anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's nothing you everything. might want to court. And I'm going to give you one more team. And Shefty brings this up all the time. The Giants took Daniel Jones with the sixth pick the year before. Mm. 
The following season, they took Andrew Thomas, an offensive tackle, number four. It would not be unprecedented. They apparently were in love with Herbert the year before. He chose to stay in college another year. They took Daniel Jones. Uh, Daniel Jones is not the problem with the Giants right now. He's actually playing well. But Justin Herbert looks like a guy who's going to be in the MVP conversation for the next 10 seasons. Uh, Justin Herbert is going to make a lot of people make yeah. a, have a lot of regrets. I mean, you're right, but it's different talking about it in theory than actually doing it in practice. Like, we've seen this happen once, and they had to change a whole over, whole staff in order to go from a first-round drafted quarterback to the next year, the Cardinals, another first-round drafted quarterback. Right. And to over – and, like, we all come to these kind of consensus views on the rankings of the quarterback. Asking a team to then go outside of that, you're putting your job on the line. Right. You must really believe that you're right in that situation. Yeah. You remember how outraged we all were that uh, we thought that Kyle Shanahan might go for Mac Jones instead of Trey Lance. It right. doesn't seem as ridiculous now, but at the time, he was. And, I, and, and I would say this, from, from especially from Gettleman's perspective, once you've gotten your QB and you think he's your guy, you got to protect him. So you got to go O line. You have to go help him. And so to go, hey, you know, you move away from him in one season. I don't think he knew he didn't have enough information to want to move away from Daniel Jones that quickly. Not like in Arizona when they yeah. knew they were going to have a wholesale shift yeah. in what they were going to do. Right, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save. When you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance, visit Progressive.com. Super quick as we run around here. Jeff, I just wanted to get your perspective on this because we talked about Tom Brady going back to New England. You talked about when you went back to Indy, they played the video. We've all seen Peyton when he went back to Indy. Did you think it looked, for a guy who has started nine Super Bowls, did you think it looked like it got to him? Absolutely. Uh, probably the most emotional game he's ever played. The Super Bowls, all the, those are big games, but they're not emotional. This was an emotional attachment when he went in there. All the relationships, and you saw it in his performance, right? You saw there were open receivers that he overthrew. He was not as accurate as he typically is. I think all of he was amped up, man. He was playing keyed up and juiced up. And as a guy who went and did it and experienced it when I was in Green Bay going back to, to Indianapolis, and I was only there 13 years, add seven more to, to Tom Brady and all the impact he's had with all the Super Bowls in New England and the way he left it's too it's too much to act like that doesn't affect us we're all people we're all human we all have emotions and they played into the way that he played on Sunday and and it does we brought this up briefly Dominique and I just want to get your take here because we brought it up briefly on TV you know your buddy Peyton Manning when he won his second Super Bowl in Denver he got carried there I think he'd be the first to tell you they had a great defense he just sort of did his thing the Buccaneers are not carrying Tom Brady right now. They're asking him to play MVP caliber football at the age of 44. At some point, Neek, is it going to be too much? Yeah, it absolutely is going to be too much. And we just have to, we don't have to look back too far to, to get evidence of that. We look back to the playoffs last year. And while Tom Brady played well enough for them to win the Super Bowl, the biggest plays in that game were made by the defense. Like the yeah. defense was dominating most of those playoff games. Not necessarily, oh, well, yeah, also in the Super Bowl, that D line. Pretty much won that Super Bowl. And you think about that, you can't expect Tom Brady to go out there and just completely dominate throughout the three or four rounds of the playoffs That if they want to win a championship. Someone's going to have to step up and take yeah. some of the pressure and, off of him, be it the running game, be it the defensive line or the yeah. secondary, or somebody's going to have to make some plays so that Tom, so they only ask Tom to make 
three to five a game, not yes. to make twelve. And, and let's, let's 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 put some some numbers to this thing. And Himbo gave us to us on TV. Eighty two percent of their offense is passing plays. Eighty two percent. Like Byron Leftwich basically admitted it before the game against the Patriots. We're not running the ball nearly enough. You know they gave they gave Fournette a bunch of carries against New England. That's really what and ultimately won them the football game. They're going to have to make that. You can't ask a forty four year old to throw it eighty two percent of the time and expect to win, especially with their defense struggling because of injury. All right, I got to let you guys run, and I got Alex Rodriguez coming in here with the Yankees and Red Sox and everything else. Fellas, as always, it's the best. Just love it, bro. Uh, Great fun this morning. Great fun here. As I mentioned, we got a huge one tonight. Yankees, Red Sox at Fenway. Alex Rodriguez preview live next on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Save! He scores! And the Yankees are headed to the playoffs! You know, we'd love to play at home, you know, especially that wild card game, but, you know, we were excited anywhere we went. Getting a chance to go to Boston and play it, it's going to be, you know, an exciting matchup for sure. That's going to be a, a fun game right there. All right, nobody knows better than A-Rod does exactly what this is like. The Yankees and the Red Sox at Fenway Park with absolutely everything at stake. And before he calls the game tonight on ESPN, he jumps in here with us on ESPN Radio. So appreciated, Alex. How are you this morning? Hey, what's up, Mike? I'm excited uh, for tonight. It's going to be a good one. All right, it should be outstanding. So just explain it. For the 99.999% of us who will never have this experience, what is it like to be on the field at Fenway Park wearing a Yankee uniform in a game that means as much as this one does? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of once-in-a-lifetime uh, you know, opportunity. We had this same thing in, in the late 70s when the great Carl Yashemski Carl uh, flew out to you know, Craig Nagel's uh, against Goose Gossage, but it's hard to believe the Red Sox <clears throat> in this era have not been in a game like this. Uh, you know, winner advances, loser goes home. It's basically a game, 163rd wildcard game. We have the exclusive at ESPN. Uh, we have an epic battle uh, with Garrett Cole on the mound. That's why he was brought here nine years, $324 million, and the hope and the dreams of Yankee Nation is squarely on his shoulders tonight. Absolutely. So, how do you handle that pressure? Like, if, if you're a teammate of his, and of course you were a player under the, the most, the brightest of lights throughout your whole career, I mean, the microscope, how, can you explain to people, again, who've never lived it, like, how does that pressure manifest itself, and how does a guy like Garrett Cole handle it tonight? Yeah, there is something about kind of having all this, you know, spiritual connected emotion into one game, and Fenway Park is a place that has uh, one of the most intimidating fan base 
uh, Rabbit, Loud. Uh, that place is going to be absolutely rocking tonight. And it's very strange, Mike, for uh, baseball because, you know, while football you play once a week and there's 16 games and then a few playoff games in the Super Bowl, baseball you play 162. And mm-hmm. to think that all of this will be summarized into one game, 27 outs, uh, this is the most pressured game that you can play in baseball, including a World Series Game 7, because once you're in the World Series, you've made it to the dance. You've made it pretty far. Yeah, you want to win, but you've at least played and you're the last two team standings. Here, if you're the Yankees with the deep bullpen and Garrett Cole, if you win, the longer you stay in it because of the depth of your roster and your bullpen, your obviously chances get better and better. Absolutely. I mean, Hembo's making the point for me the last few days. The National League game is tomorrow. It's Dodgers-Cardinals. The Dodgers are the betting favorite to win the World Series, and yet they're one game away from elimination. That is that is both the blessing and the curse of this thing. The great Alex Rodriguez with us here on the Goodyear Hotline, making the plays that move you forward. Goodyear more driven. So let, let's get as inside this as we can. What are the keys? Garrett Cole had magnificent moments this year, and he had moments where he has really struggled, and he has somewhat limped to the finish. What will you be looking for in him early that will give you an indication of what this night is going to be like for him? Yeah, I think there's three things to look for with Garrett Cole tonight. Number one, he has to have a one, two, three first inning. Uh, when the, the Red Sox have gone to him, they've gone to him early. So that's something to watch. Uh, number two is fastball command. Uh, ever since coming back from the hamstring injury, uh, Garrett Cole has not had the control uh, he's uh, you know had most of the year. And then number three, with two strikes, Garrico has to put hitters away right away, not go 0-2 to 3-2. You really want to put hitters away early, early contact, and it is paramount that Garrico gets into seventh inning. None of this five and a third or five and two-thirds. You want the big guy to go nine, you know, seven innings and then hand it to the bullpen. Hambo, jump in here. Alex, given how badly Garrico finished the season and given the fact that in large part it was because – opposing hitters were destroying him in the first and second pitches of at-bats. They were attacking him early. Given how strong the Yankees' bullpen is, do you expect the Red Sox to pounce early in at-bats and sort of like you said, early in the game tonight? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you got to come out and you got to come out swinging. And that's Alex Cora always advocates to his hitters to uh, you know have their swinging shoes on. And I would expect that. I would also expect the Alex Cora effect to, to play in. And what I mean by that is expect the un- predictable. I mean, the unexpected from Alex Cora, you expect him to run, to hit and run. <clears throat> if he has to bunt, he will. Uh, if they can play long, but they will. And also, I would expect something unconventional from his pitching staff. I, I would expect not the conventional bullpen guys, but I can see Chris Sale pitching an inning or two. Mm-hmm. I can see, uh, you know, Pavetta, uh, you know, Rodriguez can go in. So that's one of Alex's Cora's biggest strength. He's a chameleon and very tough to play poker again because you will see something tonight you probably have not seen. Greeny uh, and A-Rod with us here on ESPN Radio again. He's got We Have the Game Tonight, ESPN exclusive on TV tonight. We also have the game here on ESPN Radio. Let's go to the other side. Nathan Yavaldi, the Red Sox bullpen has been uh, something of a mess of late. How many outs do you think the Red Sox need from him tonight to have their best chance to win? I think you're looking for five innings from Yavaldi. Last time uh, he pitched right here. Uh, at Fenway Park against the Yankees, he got rocked really hard. Uh, it's important for him to do two things. Number one is get ahead, strike one, whether it's the breaking ball or the fastball. And then once he gets into the counts, he needs to pitch up with the fastball and down with the split. Be careful with the slider because that's a home run pitch. Uh, and then I would expect, I would forget about the traditional bullpen. 
I would look at Alex Cora having 11 pitchers to use any at any time, and I would be ready to go from the first pitch because you don't know who's going to be there in the second inning. Alex, since the trade deadline, the Red Sox own an ERA of 5.4 after the sixth inning. So let's go there. Let's say this is a tie ball game at five or six, at inning five or six. So then it becomes a bullpen game. If that is the case, who do you favor to win the game? Well, I mean, traditionally I would say you would favor the Yankees because they have a deeper bullpen. But like the way I'm looking at it is you're going to have Evaldi and then you're going to have uh, Erod, Rodriguez ready. You're going to have Chris Sale ready for lefties. Mm. And you have Tavetta, uh, even though they pitched late in the season here to close. Um, you know, Alex Cora has uh, all his arrows in his quiver ready to go and uh, ready to shoot. We got the great Alex Rodriguez with us here for just a quick moment. So we'll see. Do you believe, I mean, the Rays are sitting there on the other side of this thing, waiting for whoever comes out of this thing. Um, do you believe, let me just ask it better this way. Who, who do you favor in the American League? You got the White Sox and the Astros waiting on the other side. If, if everything else is equal, who do you like in the American League? Well, I, I tell you what, whoever wins this game, usually you say the winner of the Yankee Red Sox is going to blow through the postseason. Right. That's not really the case here. Whoever wins this game better pack their lunch because the Rays, they're something special. They've lost three pitchers and still win over 100 games and are in position to just came in and dominate the Yankees, um, put, put their feet up in the, <laughs> on, on the couch and felt very, very comfortable, blew them out on Saturday. Uh, I, I like Tampa in the long run here, especially because the Yankees do not get to start if they win with Garrett Cole, he does not pitch maybe to game two or three mm-hmm. uh, in, that, in that series. Yeah, that, that's, that, that, w- that came up on the program yesterday, and we'll see again. You, you, don't, you don't want to live to fight another day unless you win tonight, so it makes all the sense in the world. How about on the other side? I mean, the Giants hold off the Dodgers, which is just amazing, those two teams, and they would face off if the Dodgers beat the Cardinals tomorrow night, and that, that would actually be the first time those teams have ever met. In the history of that ridiculous rivalry, Dodgers-Giants, which goes back forever, it would be the first time. All other things being equal, Alex, who do you like in the National League? You know, most years I would say the Dodgers, but they've gone through a lot of injuries, um, and they have not been, uh, you know, full ready to go all year. The way the San Francisco's played, I like San Francisco. Uh, they've been good for six months. Uh, nothing tells me they're not going to be month good for this month in October. Uh, they have incredible balance. They have, you know, eight or nine guys with over 10 home runs. Uh, they bunt, they hit and run. They have an answer for anything that an opposing manager has to offer. The San Francisco Giants, Mike, are so much better than people think. Mm. I'm happy they're going to be in the platform of postseason so they can, you know, show off how great they are. Yeah, they're waiting for the winner of the wild card game. So, again, that's tomorrow night, the National League game. Uh, the Cardinals at the Dodgers, and the winner goes there. One more thing for you, Alex, just while I have you um, – because for all the attention it got, I don't want it to be forgotten. Uh, Shohei Otani just concluded, well, I, I'll, I'll put it to you that way. How would you describe the season he just concluded? How, how would you describe, as a person who breathes baseball, which I know you to be, how would you describe the season that Shohei Otani just had? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to describe, Mike. I've never seen it in my lifetime, and I've been watching for over, you know, four decades very, very closely of playing, being a crazy fan uh, or announcing. And the fact that you have a guy that struck out you know, over 100 people, you know, threw over 100 innings, uh, hit over 40 home runs, you know, stolen more than 25 bases. And, and to do it uh, as a young single guy in America is it, just phenomenal. And I think years and years later, we're going to really appreciate uh, what Otani did. And, and because of all those reasons, he's probably going to walk away with the MVP. 
because it's something like I've never seen before. That's well done. Again, Alex Rodriguez and company tonight. Exclusive coverage, Yankees, Red Sox, 8 Eastern on ESPN from Fenway Park. And we also have the game covered for you here on ESPN Radio as well. Alex, we'll be watching. I always appreciate this time. Have a great game tonight, my man. Thank you. All right, grab your popcorn. It's going to be fun. It should be. As It's A-Rod with us here, getting ready to go again. It's tonight. It's on ESPN TV. It's on ESPN Radio. Hembo, let's dive into some of the minutiae, because you live oh, I do. in the minutiae. <laughs> Give me the minutiae. I had Buster only on TV this morning, telling me that in all the wildcard games he can think of, he can't remember one where he felt one team had a, a more decided advantage than the Yankees do tonight do you see it that way I do not and neither does Vegas the Yankees are favored in the game tonight but they're not a prohibitive favorite because Garrett Cole has not been Garrett Cole recently if Garrett Cole had shoved the whole season the way that he did in Houston say I think the Yankees would be a clear favorite tonight but he has not he has not pitched well lately and even though the Yankees do have all sorts of bullets in their bullpen that have pitched very well lately like Alex said, the Red Sox are going to be able to use all of their starters in that role. And if Alex Cora is going to be willing to go to Chris Sale and um, Eduardo Rodriguez and Nick Pavetta in the middle to late innings, that sort of neutralizes that advantage that the Yankees have, at least it does in, in my judgment. So given the fact that this game's in Boston and given the fact that Boston has a, has a more diverse offense, can score uh, runs in more ways than the Yankees can, I don't see this as anything other than really a coin flip. I, unless Garrett Cole comes out and, and pitches the way that Garrett Cole has has shown he can in the past. To me, it's not obvious that the Yankees have that kind of advantage. Meanwhile, do what chance do you give the winner tonight? Again, they, they particularly the Yankees. I mean, Cole is their big money ace. He's supposed to be their horse, and they will not have him available to begin a series in which they will be an underdog anyway against Tampa Bay. What chance do you give the winner tonight against the Rays in the next round? Something like a one in three chance. It's amazing to think about the Rays having like being the favorite in that series, and regardless of who wins, they will be. The Rays are even better than you realize, and that's because since they brought up Wander Franco, who's this teenage superstar who's playing shortstop for them and hitting at the top of their lineup, they're averaging six runs a game on offense. They are the best lineup in baseball, and they obviously have a whole bunch of pitchers that you never heard of that get people out consistently. So that's the best team in baseball. Alex is right. When he, when he was sort of outlining here what, you know, what the Yankees and or Red Sox have to look forward to, the Rays are a juggernaut. The Rays won 100 games this year, having all sorts of problems with their pitching staff, and they're hitting their stride at the right time with Franco. They also traded for Nelson Cruz during the middle of the season. That's the best team in the American League. The Yankees or Red Sox might wind up winning, but they're not going to be favored to do so, and I think the Rays have a better lineup and a better pitching staff than either. All right, and so then let's go through it all here because, again, if you're relatively new to our program, um, I've known my main man, Mr. Hembo, here for a very long time. He knows more about baseball than you know about anything. I'm, I'm, he knows every sport, but no one knows baseball like Hembo knows baseball. So let's do it. Astros, White Sox, who wins and why? I like the Astros. The Astros have probably as good a lineup as Tampa does. The Astros are more battle-tested in the postseason. They have, they've been better than the White Sox lately. And in fact, if you look at how each team performed against other playoff teams this season— the Astros had the best record in such games. The White Sox had the worst record in such games. I think that gives the edge to the Astros, who will win that series in probably four or fewer games. Okay, so Astros, Rays, and the World Series, the pennant will be... I like the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. I think right. they, have the most, they have the most artillery across the board. To go back to the series, and then on the other side, who has the edge tomorrow night? Dodgers, Cardinals, and the National. The Cardinals have been so ridiculously hot to get to this point. You know, I don't know exactly what that means going into this game in L.A. where the Dodgers are obviously a better team, but that doesn't necessarily mean they'll be better tomorrow night. 
if you're the better team in baseball, that means you have at best a 60-40 chance to win any given game. And as good as Scherzer, Max Scherzer, who's going to start tomorrow, has been for the Dodgers, he's sort of ended the year in a way that you don't want to see, and Adam Wainwright shoved the last two months of the season. I actually like St. Louis in that game in part because the Dodgers are going to be without their best hitter. Max Muncy's out for the game. He's probably out for the postseason after hurting his arm in like the second-to-last game of the season. That was a devastating injury for those guys. I think St. Louis is going to continue on this magic carpet ride. Uh, and then the other series... Uh, is Braves Brewers? You've been on Milwaukee all year, but they had the guy punch the <laughs> right the relief pitcher who punched the the wall with his left hand yeah. in celebration. That was unfortunate. How do you see that series now? I still like Milwaukee. Milwaukee legitimately has four great pitchers. They have the best star, uh, trio of starters that you've never heard of, and still a dominant closer on the back end. The lineup leaves something to be desired, but that team's going to mow through the Atlanta Braves lineup. So that leaves us with Brewers. Are you are you predicting Brewers Giants Rays? Yes, yes. Brewers, Giants, and the NLCS. And oh, then I sorry. think the Brewers and the Rays, which is actually, ironically enough, exactly oh, what I Buster... Oh, I skipped the series. You're right. Sorry. But, but let's go all the way to the end. But you, you, you got it right because we've talked about this before, and which is sort of ironic because Buster picked this exact same World Series today on Get Up. I have the Rays beating the Brewers in the World Series this year, showing the, the incredible player development strength of both of these organizations. But I think the Rays are the team to do it. And then finally, I would just throw this thought out there because... You know, like most geniuses, I think I won't be fully appreciated. Mine is that sort of rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until long after its time. The genius, you said? Your genius. He's genius, eh? We're not going to appreciate your brilliance until you're gone. Brilliant. You just said that at any Major League Baseball game that is played, the better team has a 60% chance of winning. Mm-hmm. If you were to put the Orioles in the postseason right now, just put them in. Just take one team out and put them in. I don't care where you put them. I think this would be a fascinating, controlled experiment. (laughs) Are you telling me they would have a 40% chance of winning? Yes, there is a 40% chance that if the Orioles played the Yankees tonight, or whomever, they would advance to the division series. We should make this happen. But what if they then went on into the... I'm saying put them in the playoffs. Because in a, they, they beat the Red Sox in a series last week. Last week. Games that the Red Sox desperately needed. They beat the Yankees in a series, what, three weeks ago? <laughs> whenever right. that was. They can do it. And, and games that they needed. <laughs> I think it would be a fascinating experiment. Every year, we put the worst team in with everybody else in baseball and see if they win. I like it. Now, this is a good idea. I mean. What could I, go wrong? I know it obviously can't happen, won't happen, isn't really a good idea because you'll have everyone trying to have the worst record. I totally understand all those things. <clears throat> all I'm saying is I would love if there was some way, like, like what is that guy, Nate Silver? Like, he could run right. like a bunch of models that will tell you how this would play <laughs> out. But in, in those cases, no one really knows. You're just attaching percent chances to things. But in, if we could actually do it, I'd be fascinated I think to see what happens. Baseball is the sport for which it is. Definitely the hardest to predict. This is the story I'll tell quickly. In 2006, the Cardinals made the playoffs with 83 wins. And Buster only likes to uh, tell the story that he ran into like an advanced scout at the airport going into the playoffs. And that scout told him, oh, this team won't win a game in the playoffs. They went on and won the World Series. That's right. So that's, that's baseball. That people inside of it can say, this team stinks, can't <laughs> win a game. And can wind up winning the World Series in five games. That's baseball. That was the year of the legendary second base story. All right, coming up next, (laughs) back to the NFL. My green list is the five biggest surprises of the first fourth of the football season. That's next. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you here. Tons of baseball. We just had Alex Rodriguez looking ahead to the playoffs. The first game, of course, is tonight, Yankees-Red Sox. 
at Fenway. You'll hear it here on ESPN Radio. You'll see it exclusively on ESPN TV. Nuno just whispered in my ear, by the way, today is also the anniversary of my least favorite baseball game ever. And that was the Midges game in Cleveland. Remember that game when those little, the little gnats, those little things, they were flying all around, Jabba Chamberlain and all that. I mean, that was like the, that was the most uncomfortable, forgetting your rooting interest. That was the most unpleasant and uncomfortable to watch baseball game I ever remember. You remember that? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, Java Chamberlain on the mound, right? Yeah. Coming and, out and with, the, he with was, the spray. He and... had been untouchable. Java Chamberlain had been untouchable. Yeah. And he, got, he was so thrown by the Midges, it was over. The Midges beat the Yankees. Yeah, right oh, for sure. No home, question. Home field advantage that. in Cleveland. All right, to the green list in 30 seconds after this word from ZipRecruiter. How great is it when you get to choose your favorite movie to watch? Well, ZipRecruiter's Invite to Apply lets you pick your favorites from the best candidates. ZipRecruiter sends you qualified candidates. You can easily invite your top choices to apply for your job. Listen to Lauren Webb, who's the SVP of Talent Acquisition for Mindula Health. She raves about the Invite to Apply, says she loves that feature because they have a much higher follow-through rate if they invite candidates. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. You can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. All right, the Green List today, uh, the top five as chosen as always by me, the world's foremost uh, authority on all matters. And today, my list is the five things that have surprised me the most in the first fourth of the football season. Number five. Kyler Murray could be the MVP. And Arizona stuns me. I am shocked by Arizona. If you had told me, uh, we had the note today on Get Up that they were 50 to 1. Were they 50 to 1 before the season or 100 to 1 to be the last unbeaten team? Was it 100 to 1? 50. 50. 50 to 1 to be the last unbeaten. I tell you, I would never have bet on that. I absolutely didn't think they would beat the Rams. They are so much better than I realized they were. And right now, Kyler Murray is the betting favorite for MVP. In fact, I can sort of sneak into the conversation a very interesting little trivia question. If he were to win the MVP this year or any year, he would become the eighth player to win both a Heisman and an NFL MVP award. Eighth player to win both of those in his career. I'll give you a couple of minutes to think about it, see if you can come up with any of the eight. Meanwhile, number four, the Washington football defense, Washington football team defense stinks. How is that possible? They're 30th in scoring defense. They looked so good. The names on the backs of the jerseys, they have exactly the formula. They should be terrorizing quarterbacks. They added in their secondary and at linebacker during the draft this year and during the offseason. They added a a, a free agent corner and and a linebacker in the draft that everybody loved. (coughs) And they've regressed horrendously. They stink on defense. I've... I can't think of anything that surprises me more than that. If you had told me Washington won't be as good as you, Greeny, think they're going to be, I would have said, okay, Fitzpatrick is going to be a disaster, or in this case, he's going to get hurt, and the offense is going to be terrible. I never would have thought the defense would be below average, much less awful. So I'm absolutely flabbergasted by that. Again, this is my list of the top five most surprising things through the first quarter of the season. Number three. The Steelers are way worse than I expected. They're 1-3 and three with the hardest remaining schedule in the AFC. But as you watch them, they don't look like a team that is struggling. They look like a team that is done. They look like a team that, what is the, you know, stick a fork in it. It's done. And, and they're not going to bench Ben now, and they shouldn't. You, you deserve it. You made the decision to go forward with him this year. For hell or high water, you're going to sink with that. 
you'll have plenty of time late in the season to figure out if Dwayne Haskins is going to be your quarterback or not. There are 13 more games to be played. So maybe Haskins plays the last five or six of them. You're going to go down with Ben's ship. But one way or another, I picked them to make the playoffs this year, and they are definitively the worst team in their division. Cincinnati handled them. Baltimore and Cleveland go without saying. So among the surprises, the Steelers are an enormous disappointment relative to what I expected. Number two. I can't believe the dysfunction with which the Bears quarterback situation is being handled. I literally can't. You trade up, you make the enormous move to get Justin Fields, and any goodwill that you possibly could have gained from that, you have just squandered by your ridiculous mishandling of the situation publicly. I mean, every comment that comes out of there is insane. I am I am really stunned at how badly they've mangled this situation. This should be a time of celebration. You got this awesome young quarterback. It should be exciting. They've managed to turn it into something just terrible. Their fan base is in revolt. And I'm revolted because it's revolting. And so that has really surprised me a lot. But number one, number one, clearly, are the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are the best team in the NFC. They are. They handed the Chargers their only loss this season. They handed the Panthers their only loss this season. They lost at the buzzer on a field goal against Tampa. So the, the, the Cowboys are balanced. They're great running it on offense. They're great throwing it on offense. Their quarterback is a superstar. They have two-headed running back. They got great receivers. They have a great offensive line. The defense is getting way better. It's opportunistic. The Cowboys are legit the best team in the NFC, and that absolutely shocks me. And those are the five things that I'm most surprised about through the first fourth of the football season. I am Greeny, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Small business protection just got easier with more than 30 coverage options available. Progressive has you covered more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Coming up next, we'll get the hashtag crew's biggest surprises so far, and I will pay off my tease. Can you name the seven players who've won both the Heisman and the NFL MVP? Answer next. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.